1: Well, good morning, Seattle. Good morning, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. It's 11 a.m., and I'm your host, Christopher Chan. Vance Sommelier your master mixologist and Commodore of Cocktails weekend wine guy here on 570 KVI. So excited about today's show. I've got Jeffrey Schaff of Lucas Bowl Spirits and uh, this cool bartender, Dustin Harstad of Cannon, that great bar in Seattle. Also have uh, a visit from our friends in Spokane. You know, there's a lot of wineries in Spokane and uh, Gianna Hoffmeister will be joining us on the line and chatting up about all the cool things happen on the east side of the state and uh, excited to have uh, one of my one of the guys i admire in the business uh, uh, chef john serich uh, who is gosh san michel he had a television show he's got a face for tv and yet here he is on radio he's back uh, we're gonna chat about the auction of washington wines and more and uh, uh hey don't forget tonight tonight is proof Proof at the Fremont Studios. If you don't have any plans, you want to go taste some Washington uh, spirits and distillery stuff, uh, check out Proof at uh, ProofWashington.com. That's tonight at Fremont Studios. Of course, we've got the auction of Washington wines coming up in August, August 14th, 15th, and 16th. Three great days, all for a great cause to benefit Children's Hospital. And, of course, the Seattle and Oregon Wine Awards present the Gold Medal Experience, September 14th. Save the date. Uh, For September 14th, all the great wines of Washington and Oregon will be poured there. Um, Chef John Serich, welcome to Happy Hour.
2: Thank you very much.
1: It's good to have you here. Um, You've been one of the icons here in in our small little corner of the culinary world. Uh, (laughs) Tell me how you got started
2: in cooking. God, you know, I just grew up in a family. I mean, you know Mediterraneans. The all the big thing is the dinner table, right? And, uh, and in our culture, men always cooked something, whether it was the whole lamb or it was the pasta <laughs> the sauce. Whole lamb. Yeah, you know, I mean, they always had one special thing, and uh, so he kind of grew up around that. And also the that Sunday dinner for us was always a big celebratory type thing, and he started to associate. Not like a party, but kind of like a party, you know Sunday dinners at grandma and grandpa's we all all went there yeah, I mean, a the communion it 's a back. communion, yeah, and then you got grandpa 's homemade wine, and then you 've got you know <laughs> so you start adding that all together, so I just started cooking really as a hobby uh, originally, and then um, got a little more serious about it and had a fortune enough to be able to travel around, which I still tell young chefs, you know I mean travel, go someplace, I mean go to europe and volunteer for three weeks in somebody's kitchen they'll be glad to have you make gnocchi for 12 hours a day you know, somewhere <laughs> but but travel around and try the, the foods of the world if you get that opportunity it's really fun yeah
1: travel is fantastic especially when you're surrounded by eating and food and so yeah. what was your specialty
2: dish growing up what did you make so well well I actually I copied my grandfather uh and this extended into the restaurants too. Is this thing called Rajanichi It's marinated leg of lamb, and it's just pure meat—just two inch by two inch chunks of meat, marinate with rosemary, some really good red wine. Here, of course, in Washington, be maybe Syrah or Merlot would work really great. Mm-hmm. A lot of garlic and salt and pepper, and then you, but you cook it medium rare. And when we were first serving this dish in nineteen eighty, people thought they were getting beef because you know say, "Well, you got to try the lamb." Oh, right. Yeah, and they go, "Well, I don't, we don't like lamb." I say, "Well, you." Try, try the lamb, I'll pay for it if you don't like it, you know. <laughs> but uh, that was one of the, the first ones that came up. And I also make a really mean pasta fagiolo.
1: Bastafaggio. Basta All right, it was yeah. Dean Martin when you need him? Yeah, that's right.
2: So, did you work in some restaurants around town? Yeah, I had my own. I had uh, Adriatica with my partner in 1980. Really? Yeah, ran that I with him. I didn't know that it was you. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because I was in the kitchen in the basement. <laughs> you know, yeah, the yeah.
1: three-story building. That's
2: right. Yeah. No, we opened that up in 1980, and then I opened a place called Dalmatia, at the Inn at the Market. Mm. That was 1986. I believe it was. um, Cornerstone Company. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that became, um, Peter Lewis eventually took over that spot after a couple of years. And then uh, they just now, uh, uh, Marche uh, was there. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he just sold that. And now it's for lease again. Ah. So my son thought it would be, you know, great just desserts to retire and go open a restaurant back in the old (laughs) space. And I said, yeah, right, oxymoron. The circle
1: of life or the cycle of does. Insanity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Hey, I was speaking with John Sarich, who, uh, do you have a title over at San Because that's just, you're working with them, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been with them for, it'll be 25 years coming up. Wow, and another so, milestone here on Happy Hour Radio. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the culinary director and corporate chef for St. Michelle Wine Estates, which is all our wineries that mm-hmm. we, we own or represent.
1: Yeah. That's cool. So yeah. you get to travel. I mean, you, you're doing some Tuscan things and some oh, German things with Lawson and abso- Antinori?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We represent Antonori from Italy here in the States. And uh, just to, last year, went there with a couple of clients, friends of mine in restaurant business. And, uh, you know, when you go there and you're in the business, the Italians go just crazy. I mean, they roll out the red carpet, they get you up rooms, so you stay in these beautiful agro-tourismo places, uh, have lunch with one of the Antonori daughters. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's, uh, it's like a Disneyland for a wine.
1: Ah, uh, charmed life, Mr. Chef Serich. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, and so, the Auction of Washington Wines is an event that I've—I've I've, everyone's loved. If you're in the business, you've participated, whether it's a winery, as a chef, or even a sommelier, and I've had the pleasure of doing that. How long have you been involved with the Auction of Washington Wines?
2: Well, I started at the winery, back, I should say back at the winery, in 1990. So that's been going on, this will be 25 years. So 23 years we've been doing it, I believe. So is that six labels ago? Six label designs? <laughs> yes, <that's right. laughs> six label designs, yeah, that's right. Maybe more. But, uh, yeah, and it, and it's grown. I remember the first- Well, that's the first year, wasn't it? Yeah, 1990? The first, yeah, the first year we did it, and we did it out in the front lawn. I, uh, Tom Douglas was there, uh, Wayne from Ray's, myself, I think Charlie Ramsar was even cooking at that time, uh, and we did, I mean, I think it was uh, maybe 150 people. I mean, it was small. Yeah. Uh, so it was a whole different thing. Uh, we caught all the hot boxes on fire out on the lawn. It was one of those crazy <laughs> things and it's it 's come a long way now so it it 's a lot of fun. We have a big outside kitchen and chefs that do a course each from different areas or different restaurants around town and then we usually have three or four chefs that will do appetizers as you 're mingling around the auction items so it 's a it's a big group of local chefs.
1: Yeah, it's come a long ways um, from those humble beginnings, but also with a with a big heart, uh, and uh, thanks to Alan Shoup and, mm-hmm. and Ted Baszler, who have uh, helped guide that project. Uh, you've got some great executive directors, Carol Monroe and Sherry Swingle, and now Amy Sheridan is there. Yeah. Uh, and so tell us, we've got three events with the auction of Washington Wines. We mm-hmm. have the Fabulous Picnic, which is on Thursday the 14th. Tell us about that one.
2: That, you know, that's a hoot. I mean, it, it's a very casual event, Um and we've been lucked out, too. The weather, of course, that week week is usually absolutely stunning. And, uh, again, all the proceeds go to the children's hospital, so that's wonderful. But it, it's just a real relaxed event. A lot of winemakers are there mingling around, so you get a chance to be a little more relaxed and social. Uh yeah, it's a good event. It's yeah. a fun,
1: fantastic event, and I tell you, we've had the, the gamut of of weather patterns there. I Oof. know a couple of years ago when I was hosting, <laughs> it was 95 degrees or something, just wow, so hot, and then it rained a couple of times. It's been fun, yeah. but it's just always fun because everyone's having a good time, and we can sing in the rain. It's August. Come on. Give me a little yeah. shower.
2: Yeah, and then a lot of barrel samples, too. I almost forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. A lot of wineries, not just our wineries, but other wineries, bring their barrels, and you actually can... Talk to the winemaker. Oh yeah, this is sample. not just
1: a San Michele, but this is a really a Washington wine. In Absolutely. fact, it's the auction of Washington wines, and this is the right. winemaker, winemakers' picnic, and yeah. it's got uh, uh, Tulalip, I believe, or say they sponsoring it again. Mm-hmm.
2: I think they are as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you
1: got about you know fifty to one hundred winemakers, literally two hundred plus wines, and uh, and then the following night on Friday. Um, And for those of you who have their uh, whistles being wet right now, you can check out all the stuff at Mm auctionofwashingtonwines.com. Tickets for the picnic, and for on Friday night, we have some VIP chef dinners. Tell us about those.
2: Uh, Yeah, those are, uh, well, we actually, we call them chef's dinners, they're really winemaker dinners. So you get a chance to to sit down and uh, go through a multi-course meal with a... Uh, one of the great chefs in Seattle, and one of the great winemakers, and that's placed out there. Two as or well. three of
1: the great winemakers, even. Yeah, yeah,
2: two or three. Yeah, that's a lot of fun too. It is,
1: and these are at private homes and and such right. uh, esteemed philanthrop- philanthropic luminaire- luminaries with uh, great estates and, and generous hearts and uh, big dining rooms. I'm sure and great kitchens. Oh yeah,
2: great kitchens. <laughs> I know. There's great uh,
1: there's so many fun. Uh, It's hard to choose, really. Yeah. All those great wineries and uh, chefs around Seattle, Tacoma, and Bellevue. So that's Mm -hmm. fun. But if you can't make either of those, the gala is truly something to behold. And the gala is the uh, gala auction. So tell
2: us about that. That's on Saturday night. At Saint Michel. Saturday night. Uh, it starts around 4.30. People start arriving. And like I, I mentioned, in the barrel room, throughout the barrel room, we have uh, the uh, auction items you can take a look at and talk to people. But uh, it's kind of a gathering point. And then, we, like I said, we usually have three chefs at least that are giving appetizers at that time, wines being poured. Uh, then around 7 o'clock, everybody goes into the main tent, and the auction kind of starts along with the food. And we used to try to get very specific with wine and food pairing. But there's so many wineries now that are involved. So basically, the chefs work uh, the seven courses. We try to balance it out, obviously. But on the tables itself are numbers of wines already open for you to sample. And then the sommelier group will bring, let's say it's Sauvignon Blanc for the first course, will bring a number of different Sauvignon Blancs from different wineries around, one in each hand. Well, you know this. You've done this for so many years. Uh, so you get a, a wide variety of sampling of Washington wines with those courses. It's a lot of fun.
1: It's yeah. really fun because you got a winemaker. Typically, you have a winemaker at the table, and uh, right. I think the stage setting last year was was perfect. The the center stage, and of course, there's always some great entertainment. I know we've done some fun videos, and we poke fun at ourselves, which is great. I know Shane Bjornholm's been there, the master sommelier, and um, it's really just a great time. And tickets are available at Auction of dot com. And it's a you say it's a five course. Meal, seven seven course. course. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think this year
2: we're doing seven. Sometimes it's six. I think this year is seven. So uh and it's spaced out perfectly. I mean oh, it, yeah. you don't realize that you're there having seven courses. I mean it, it 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 just goes really smooth.
1: and everyone's uh there's so many people you know, especially um with with the great companies that sponsor it and uh obviously you get a chance to meet all the winemakers and the parade of auction items is always so fun because they're so creative and mm. uh Maybe we need to get the Lucas Bowles group in there and find get some of this Jennifer gin I know we 're going to be chatting about here in a little
2: bit, um, but what 's your role this year well every year we 're the host wine obviously the host winery, so i 'm the host chef and uh, we get to do the first course for years. We always fought <laughs> who gets to do the first course, the sixth course, fifth course. Is that
1: because you're done, one and done? I'm out. <laughs> well, it's because there's
2: a lot of setup involved, you know, prior oh, yeah. to and as the chefs start arriving, you got to, you know, uh, make sure that they're comfortable and have all the equipment they need. So we take care of that needs as well, and then we then we put out the first course once the meal starts, and uh, you know, and the ironic thing. Do I have a second, real quick? Yeah, absolutely. The ironic thing is uh, we do pick the chefs that are invited. Pick the courses they want, and it's sort of like first come, first serve pick. Uh, we reserve the first course, but then we don't really sit and call each other up saying, hey, What are you making? What are you making? Uh, all these years, we've never had a duplicate item come out of that menu, which is just kind of a weird coincidence. We've never <laughs> had like two halibut dishes, it's just never happened. So it's the other thing, too, I gotta stress. Very seasonal, regional stuff that all the chefs are using, so you really get a taste of uh, of the Northwest when you come out there, too.
1: Well, there's lots, lots to enjoy, certainly, with the, with the bounty of Washington uh, produce and the great culinary talent we have here in Seattle and Bellevue, of course. Um, so the auction of Washington wines, check it out, auctionofwashingtonwines.com. We have the picnic and barrel auction on Thursday, the winemaker dinner series on Friday. And if you want to, if you thought you've had too much to drink or too much to eat, you can go run it off at the Columbia Winery Charity <laughs> 10K Race and 5K Run. That should be really fun. And of course, the Wine Gala on Saturday, August 16th. Well, John Serich, I want you to stick around. I'm excited. Um, I, I will be at the picnic this year, but I will be in New York for a wedding on the, the, the Auction of Washington Wine Gala Day. So I am so sad to miss it this year. It'll oh, be. The first one I missed in 12 years.
2: Yeah, Uh,
1: yeah. (laughs) More me. So I want all the listeners out there to go in my stead and enjoy the heck out of uh, Chateau St. Michel's property and all the great people out there. John Serich, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio.
2: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: Hey, coming up on the show, I've got uh, Gianna Hoffmeister, who's the marketing director for Visit Spokane. We're going to chat about the cool wineries, the great food, a little bit of the Hoop Fest, and also Jeffrey Schaff and Dustin Harstead, Lucas Bowles and Cannon Bar NC. We're going to taste some great, great spirits that have got a lot of history. So stick around here on Happy Hour Radio.
0: He's live. He's here. Sean Hannity. Weekdays, noon to 3, only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan.
1: Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Uh, So excited. It's a summer day here in July in Seattle. And I bet it's a summer day in Spokane, and on the phone right now I have Gianna Hoffmeister, Chief Marketing Officer for VisitSpokane.com. Gianna, welcome to Happy Hour.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, I'm so excited. So I had the pleasure of attending one of your great events, a signature event, I believe, for Spokane. It was called Swirl Washington. Is that right?
3: Yes it was and I I must not have tracked you down because I was there too and was that a blast 47 wineries pouring at with great food bites from some of our best local chefs. It was a fun event.
1: It was a beautiful event, especially in the Davenport Hotel, which is a historic, timeless, classic. Um, and you know what? If no one's been to Spokane in a while, I, I urge everyone to go out there, because it's a great little town. Um, on Sundays, it can be a little sleepy, which I don't mind, because the, uh, on a bright, sunny day, you can walk the streets and uh, still lots of shops are open, but uh, the wineries that were there were, were both local and and regional tell me about some of the wineries you have in Spokane
3: you know we have uh, 20 great wineries in Spokane many of whom are are winning golds and double golds at at national and international wine competitions there are such a unique and diverse group of winemakers and you know i think a few that are really starting to to Punch their fame out into the whole Washington wine world, and and going beyond the borders of Washington. You know, I don't think you could talk about a Spokane winery and not mention Barrister Winery, which is just an amazing uh, winery that was created by two lawyers. Makes sense for the name, and <laughs> they and they are making some. Tremendous Cabernet Franc, but they have a really, a really great, approachable, drinkable red blend called Rough Justice, and <laughs> it's just one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> oh, I was surprised that's not a Seattle PD wine with a rough. Right...
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, you know, we we have a variety of wineries doing really different styles of things, and in. All in these great venues. I mean, barristers in this beautiful old warehouse that used to get cars delivered off the rail that goes right oh. by them. And so, you know, it's really interesting because they they always claim the smooth finish on their wines is because the wines are gently shaken so many times a, a year. That oh, by the rattling of the trains? By the train. I think oh. 11,000 trains go by or something. Oh, my goodness. You know, goodness. we have Arbor Crest Winery, which is in an amazing historic mansion out uh, in the Spokane Valley, up in the foothills. And it's, you know, a wonderful turn-of-the-century mansion with these extraordinary grounds but they also have a wonderful sunday night concert series thursday and sunday nights live music out there you can take your picnic basket or you can buy food there and it's 21 and over because it's a you know kind of a grown up event but oh yeah and they have wine there
1: (laughs) very good i know so that's the van loeb family right yes Uh, it is and And, you uh, know
3: they were they were named one of the top fifty wineries in the world every wine lover should know by wine spectator.
1: Yeah. I, Christina
3: I've, Milka Van Loben sells yes, you know, Christina. Is, a, is an incredible winemaker. and and she we're fortunate that she came back home to take on the family's winery. She was had a great job as the assistant winemaker at Ferrari Carano. Right, and, she was in California. And, yeah, and and she got the opportunity to come back and turn around her family's winery. And has she ever done a good job with well, it? They
1: have one of my favorite wines all in Washington and in the world. It's called Dionysus. And I figure, you know, how do you get that name? I mean, we're a young young wine region, but you nailed it. I'm su- surprised the Greeks haven't coined or, or the Romans. <laughs> Who is it? Greek or Roman? I forget.
3: Yeah, it's. I, th- I think it is the uh, Greek goddess of wine. Yes. And the other one's so, Bacchus.
1: Hey, so let yeah. me do. Let me fi- see if I can remember who's all out there. We have got Robert Carl. We've got Townsend Sellers. We've got uh, Katarina. We've got uh, is Preston in
3: Spokane?
1: Maybe not. That's from no, Bresser.
3: no. They're down in Tri Cities. Uh-huh. But you've got so you've you've got lots of uh, Overbluff, MV. Bridge Press.
1: Oh, Bridge um, Press. They did well in the Seattle Wine Awards this year. Happy for them. They yeah, had a cool label as well. Well, it can't be all just about
3: wine over there. Do you got some great food in Spokane? You know we have tremendous chef-owned restaurants. Spokane is really a booming little culinary culture here, and and we have several James Beard recognized chefs in town. They're doing really great things with local sourcing, and one of them has actually his own organic garden, all planted outside the restaurant over in Kendall Yards, which is kind of the hip new Shishi area of town. <laughs> Shishi and- for Spokane, I love it. Well, I guess I'd say it's not shishi. It's Tony would be my way of putting it. Uh. It's posh, but approachable. And, you know, I think that area will grow into Spokane's version of Portland's Pearl District. It's getting there are four new restaurants in there now that have opened and a great ice cream shop. And there's a spa over there and all. And, of course, great residential and and retail area just building out. So really a a popular new area, but it's got some great eateries. Yards Brunchen, which is a, a very cool breakfast lunch place that serves Let's see what did I have last time I was there. Scrambled eggs and chorizos in a handmade corn tortilla. It was ah. pretty killer. Well,
1: I'm not right, right on. And what I love about Spokane is this really close. I mean, it's just an hour flight on uh the Horizon Airlines. It's up and oh, down. it's yeah,
3: Alaska has a bunch of flights over here, probably 15 every day. Delta's going to have new flights starting this fall. So it's very easy to get here and really Door to door, it's only about forty-five minutes by plane. Now, if you were driving with me, it's really under four hours by automobile as well. But
1: because <laughs> no, you've got one of those passes that the state trooper says,
3: <laughs> well, that means no stops and you have to go seventy-seven. Uh,
1: seventy-seven so, is that it? We've you've got yeah, it uh, dialed think, in. Yeah, I think
3: you're safe if you're going seventy-seven. But always be safe. You know, it's for a sure. great it's a great getaway, and people don't realize Spokane's just this. Sunny side of the state, we have fabulous golf courses thirty three great golf courses within an hour of downtown, tons of lakes, a beautiful place to go in the summer, and really a great place to come ski in the winter as well and You can always count on great food, great wine, and we haven 't even talked about the great beer we 've got a huge boom in craft breweries over here, so there's thirty five or forty right now, and thirty five or
1: forty breweries in spokane, yeah,
3: great yeah. oh, right. smokes. And so there's a great little, uh, great little brochure called the or a great little promotion called the Inland Northwest Ale Trail, and you can pick up a brochure for the Ale Trail and go try all these beers at the different breweries. And I think by the time they stamp your passport, please don't do this all in one day. Uh, <laughs> you can get a free mini growler of your favorite beer. <laughs>
1: they give you more beer once you've had all the beers. I love <laughs> Spokane already. That's fantastic. Right. Well, like
3: I said, don't do it all in one day, please, or have a designated. Driver. It's
1: funny, we don't. they don't talk about spitting beer, they talk about spitting wine. We're supposed to be highbrow with wine, but no one spits beer, right? They're, no, they spit oh no, backwards.
3: no. You guzzle it. Uh, well, visit Especially Spok- when it's going to be in the 90s like it is today.
1: Oh, beautiful day, and we're fortunate to be blessed with uh, great weather here in Seattle as well. So I look forward to my next visit in Spokane. And uh, if uh, for those of you who want to check it out, visit, well, it's pretty easy. Visit Spokane.com. Right. Hey, I know that you had Hoop Fest. Who won?
3: Well, there were a variety of teams that won in different generations. You really got to check out the HoopFest website and just look at the photos. This town is so crazy over HoopFest. You know, it's 27,000 players and another 250,000 fans. So basically, we closed down all of downtown except for walkers and basketball courts. And it is an amazing party.
1: Well, I saw. I couldn't believe they had it on television when I was in Walla Walla uh, that weekend, and it was like, "Oh, this is on TV. This is so great!" Because I miss basketball. You know, we used to have a basketball team here in Seattle, but someone took it.
3: I know. I remember. I I grew up with that basketball team. So (laughs) very sad, but. (laughs) You, we just have to invite all the teams in. Of course, we do have Gunsega, that other oh, well-known basketball right. team.
1: Okay, I guess we got a couple, <laughs> too. Well, uh, Gianna Hoffmeister, so fun. Uh, thanks for the, the heads-up on VisitSpokane.com. I love the wineries. I can't believe there's that many breweries out there. And uh, congratulations on the great restaurants.
3: So, yeah, you bet. We'll just jump on com, and you can find out everything you need to know and all the events that are coming up. And and really, any time is a great time for a getaway in Spokane.
1: I love it. Uh, com. Gianna Hoffmeister, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio.
3: Hey, thanks so much. Have a terrific day.
1: So um, I love the fact that you can jump on Horizon Airlines. In fact, you can bring a case of wine for free. Uh, on Horizon Airlines and, and Alaska Airlines. So that's the reason to get out there. Uh, the wineries are really fun. Everything's really close in Spokane. I've enjoyed my time. I've been there a couple times and it's uh, it's cute. I'll use that term. Um, you know what? It's it's charming. And uh, the people are real nice out there. I don't think they got an accent. I couldn't do one if I wanted, tried to anyway. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of accents, um, I want you to get your accent on tonight at uh, Proof. Uh, at Fremont Studios, proofwashington.com. Um, hey, and if you're out there in the Twitter sphere, uh, check us out. Uh, send me a tweet. Uh, and my handle is at happyhrradio. Happyhrradio. That's the Twitter sphere. And uh, if you've got a question, as always, I'm happy to answer those online. Send me an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. Hey, coming up after this break, I've got. Uh, well, one of the cool bartenders in Seattle it's Dustin Harstead of Cannon, uh, Cannon's the uh, coolest spot for spirits, and uh, local spirits professional Jeffrey Schaff, who is with Lucas Bowles Spirits. Um, I can't believe we have 450 years of history that we're going to find out about from Lucas Bowles. Coming up after this break on Happy Hour Radio.
0: The home of the great one. Mark Levin. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Breaking down the big stories. Blend back. Weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy
1: Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Uh, so pleased to have Chef John Sarich with the auction of Washington wines and Sam Michelle wine estates in studio and thanks to uh our friends in Spokane Gianna Hoffmeister at visitspokane.com right now I've got a bartender in the house Dustin Harstead of Canon Seattle and the owner founder of Tell me what it is, Dustin. Blind Tiger Cocktail Company. Blind Tiger Cocktail Company. Well, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. And Jeffrey Schaff, who is the Northwest Regional Manager for Lucas Bowles USA. USA. Lucas Bowles is a Dutch company. That specializes in spirits and more. And uh, Jeffrey, welcome to Happy Hour. Well, thanks for having me, Christopher. I appreciate it. So um, tell me, 450
4: years of distillation history, where do we start? Well, we, we start in 1575 as we're the oldest marketed distillery on the planet. We started in 1570. But not the Galaxy. Not the Galaxy, no. So we started out um making liqueurs, which were at the time mostly municipal. Lucas Bowles had a 25% share into a company called the East India Spice Trade Company. That's the VOC. Um, they kind of gallivanted around the globe and brought back those botanicals through you Europe. the VOC? VOC, yes, the East India Spice Trade Company. So the shipwrecks all over the world Ah. uh, from this particular company. They were kind of credited with starting off the stock exchange as we know it today, the first company to trade their products as well as shares into their company globally and nationally. So Lucas Bowles had a 25% share in this company and got his first pick of these botanicals that came through a port called Damrak. In Holland. Hmm. So, being a medicinal herb, a lot of those were used in the liqueurs. Those were your medicines of the time. And we were making over 330 different liqueurs uh, by the middle of the 1600s. So, let me get this straight Lucas Bowles is big pharma. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not exactly. Not but exactly. Okay. The, for the day it was, yeah. yes.
1: All right teasing you. Keep going. Tell me, so you 330 medicinal uh, liqueurs? So,
4: so so we're rolling into about uh, 1664 and uh, we figured out how to distill what we call malt wine, which is basically a white dog whiskey. It's rye, wheat, and corn. And because those botanicals were around, we started distilling with those separate botanicals. Juniper being the primary botanical at the time. Um, if you've ever seen a doctor wear a death mask in some of those old Uh, pictures and paintings that looks kind of like a bird beak. They would pack it full of juniper berries, wear it on their face, and go see somebody with the plague, and they thought they wouldn't get sick. So that being one of the- scared out of them. Yeah, (laughs) right. They look very, very scary. Walking in the room on your deathbed, exactly. So um, juniper being the primary botanical, um, distilling with that. And then we'd blend those together um, to create Geneva, um, also called corn vine. Um, the word Geneva is a direct translation of the word juniper, so oh. those are those are a blended um, blended distillations to get and to they the They shortened it to call it gin, right? Yeah. So Jennifer, a little bit further gin. along in history, you know, further down the road, the uh, the English always helped the Dutch, and the Dutch always helped the English. And um, the English sailors saw the Dutch sailors drinking it and called it Dutch courage. So at that point, they went back to England and produced gin. The word gin is a uh, derived from the word Geneva, which is the direct translation of the word juniper. So- which
1: is a Dutch term. Gen, uh juniper is Dutch. Yes. But where's juniper from? Uh, Milky Way galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So we've got uh, Lucas Bowles starting in 1575. 15- 1575. And 450 years later, we have a host of spirits, including a uh, great juniper-based. Spirits, distillates, and so, some so flavors.
4: I'd like to point out too that gin and Geneva are two separate products. Yes. So, Geneva is a malt based spirit and should be directed towards your brown oh. spirit drinks, uh, much like Manhattan's, old fashions, things like that. Uh, gin can be uh, used in, a, you know, into those those clear cocktails with tonic, things like that as well. So.
1: Ah, a good point. So Dustin, um, Dustin Harstead of Blind Tiger Cocktail Company, tell us your take on gin and Genever. What, what do you like to do with those spirits?
5: I mean, Geneva's malting. It goes really well in place of um, whiskeys in classic cocktails, Manhattans, old fashions, things of that nature. And... Um, I'm making a cocktail today very similar to that called the Arrow in Flight. Uh, Bowls translates in Old Dutch to arrow. Um, I'm making kind of a twist on Manhattan. And as far as gin goes, I mean, the classics reign supreme. Um, everything from the original martini to um, cocktails that are well-known here in Seattle, like the last word. Um, they just It plays well, both stirred or shaken in something light and refreshing as well.
1: Well, I'm excited to taste uh, uh, one of your creations here. And so, you you work at Canon, Seattle, mm-hmm. and you started a cocktail company called Blind Tiger Cocktail Company. That's What's correct. the
5: inspiration behind the cocktail company? Uh, basically, I've just been a bartender for about 10 years, and was looking for different avenues to <coughs> kind of hone my craft and kind of spread the word about the resurgence of cocktails. Um, Blind Tiger is uh, kind of a take on what was going on here in the United States during Prohibition, where um, uh speakeasies were a huge deal. And um, a blind tiger was kind of the loophole in New York and Chicago where they would advertise a mythical creature that didn't exist. You'd pay an, an entrance fee and um, you'd get in. There'd be no animal, but the entrance fee would cover the cost of drinks.
1: Oh, uh, we got to restart that again. But it's be the cannabis based, I think. <laughs> maybe not <laughs> purple elephants pink elephants well I'll tell you what i want to i want you to start working on those cocktails and uh jeffrey Schaff of lucas Bowles usa tell me more about the lucas Bowles company and where we are with the the advent of medicinal liqueurs and the genevers
4: well um you know where we left off was that where gin came into the picture um <coughs> so like i'd like to point out again that that geneva is different from gin um the geneva that we currently produce today is um, is based on a pre-prohibition recipe. I love that pre-prohibition.
1: Then we Pre- have the prohibition recipe. Well, this is, a, this is
4: a pre-prohibition recipe. So there was a gentleman named Dave Wandrich, who's a, a famous writer in our industry. He did some research and found out that another man named Jerry Thomas, who wrote one of the very people considered to be oh, the very yes. first cocktail out books ever York. written. So, if you look in his book, things like old old fashioned Manhattan's, those those drinks were all Geneva-based cocktails in his cocktail book. Um, so, you know, moving that a little bit forward in time, um, you know, prohibition occurred. Uh, we quit shipping our Geneva to the United States, um, and we all know that prohibition. Some consider didn't work all that great. We uh, <laughs> we uh, smuggled in a lot of rum, became a big category, and North American style whiskey—that brown spirit Canadian that we know today. Irish whiskey, sure, all rum. of those, you know. And if you could picture the Seagram's brothers sitting on the the Canadian border at five thirty in the morning on repeal day to ship those uh, those brown goods down to us here in the United States. Um, you know, and naturally our palates kind of evolved and changed, and those cocktails became um, more of a brown spirit drink rather than a Geneva cocktail. So, um, you know, that being said, we're back. Uh, we've got our 1800s recipe here. Awesome. Um, this is uh, pre-Prohibition-style drinks are, uh, are there. It can also be used uh, to make really great, refreshing summertime cocktails. Uh, currently, if you have a ginger beer in your house and you have a bottle of our mm-hmm. Bulls Geneva— uh, just take a little bowl 's Geneva and uh, ginger beer, but you know a couple ounces, and then fill a glass with ginger beer there 's layers of flavor in ginger beer um, and there 's layers of flavor in the bowl 's Genever so. I love
1: that story, and uh, i 'm a big fan of G-
5: Geneva because I just tasted it, and this is fantastic. Dustin, what did you make so uh, again, this is kind of a twist on a on a classic Manhattan, uh, but definitely expanded upon um, calling this the arrow in flight once again uh, we got. A bit of a uh, Geneva is the base of the cocktail, some Pedro Jimenez sherry, Carpano Antica sweet vermouth, a touch of Benedictine, and a couple dashes of Angostura bitters just for complexity.
1: Wow, you've got the uh, the bitters, you've got the Carpano, and you've got the Benedictine, so quite a variety of, of herbs. In fact, isn't Benedictine 152 different herbs and spices or something? Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, very cool. This is a delicious drink. Arrow and Flight? Arrow and Flight. Arrow and Flight. Is that a name that you made up,
5: or is someone... Yes, sir. Oh,
1: cool. Uh, it's delicious, and this is served uh, up or on the rocks like a, uh, another Manhattan-style drink? Or Traditionally
5: a... served up in like a chilled coupe glass. Uh-huh.
1: Mm, well, it is chilled. This is fantastic. And uh, how much Jennifer do you put in here?
5: Uh, we're going with an ounce and a half.
1: Well, you know, you can step it up here, young man.
5: We're on Happy Hour Radio. It's okay. (laughs) It's a Saturday. Uh, Love it. So what's the cocktail you got coming up next? Next, I'm calling it the Flemish Fizz. It's another take on an old classic, uh, the Ramos Gin Fizz. Uh, We'll be using Bulls Geneva yet again, and, of course, uh, the new Bulls product, uh, the yogurt liqueur as well.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, that sounds exciting. We come back from this break. uh, We look forward to the Flemish Fizz. John Sarich, tell me about this cocktail. What do you think?
2: Well, I'm I'm a Manhattan guy, and I never would have thought. Something other than a brown spirit, traditional brown spirit that we know of, would have made this taste like that. But that's, that's a nice drink.
1: It's very pleasant. Yeah. Complexity, smooth. Well, and it leads up to a
4: really good bottle of red wine,
2: too,
1: <laughs> if you <think> about it. <laughs> As every cocktail should. That's um, right. Tell me what the proof is, is on Jeffrey, the, on the Bulls, Jennifer.
4: We're, we're talking 84 um, on both products, the barrel-aged and our regular products. So I don't think I touched on the barrel-aged yet. We have our baseline Okay.
1: Well, tell you what, when we come back from this break, I want you to tell me all about the Barrel Age Jennifer from Bowles. we got Jeffrey Schaff from Lucas Bowles Spirits USA and Dustin Harstad of Cannon Seattle and Blind Tiger Cocktail Company. So stay tuned. We've got some great cocktails coming back uh, from this break on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Mute with Carlson, weekdays 5 to 9, only in Seattle, on Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI one and Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Having a great time with John Sherrits, uh, Chef John Sherrits, from Auction of Washington Wines in Chateau Saint-Michel, or Saint-Michel Wine Estates. Uh, thanks to Gina Hoffmeister, visit Spokane.com. i Invite you all to go check out the Inland Empire and other great wineries and alehouses. And uh, Jeffrey Schaff of Lucas Bowls USA, um, while Dustin Harstead of Cannon Seattle is making a really cool uh, Flemish fizz for us.
4: Tell me more about
1: this uh, barrel aged Genever.
4: Well, um, g- going back to what Geneva is, it's separate distillations that are blended together. Uh, we have a master distiller who's also a, our master blender. So there's five separate distillations that are blended together to make our baseline product. Um, once we go to the barrel age, he actually goes out to the barrel house, hand selects barrels of our Geneva and then blends those together and we age it for 18 months in French limousine oak. Can you form me a taste of that? Because yeah, I'm absolutely. very,
1: very curious. Is it's curious that, of course, of, of all the oaks they use, they use a French limousine oak. Uh, I, do they not do oak in in uh, the Netherlands?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a very close proximity to uh, to Holland, as we all know, France is. Um, there's also an AOC on Geneva. Um, it can only be made in Holland and Belgium and a very small part of France. And I am just using some logical deduction and assuming that the limousine. Part of France is included in the AOC uh, because of the fact that we do use their wood. So. <laughs>
1: well, the, I know that the cognac people have done some good stuff with Limousine Oak, uh, and I'm sure the Bordelais have something to say about that as well. Um, but, Dustin, you've got this fantastically pretty drink. Uh, what are you shaking up for me over there?
5: So this is, again, uh, the Flemish Fizz. We're going with an ounce and a half uh, Bulls Geneva, half an ounce of the brand new uh, Bulls yogurt liqueur, a bit of citrus, um, touches simple syrup, and uh, cream, egg white, and a couple dashes of my very own white spice fennel bitters. Oh my goodness. This is so
1: exotic. Um, it's such a graceful looking presentation. It's a, very, it's a, a cylinder, a, a small, what do you call this glass? Just a highball? It's a, a, technically a fizz glass. It's a bit
5: smaller than a column glass. A fizz glass.
1: Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. I love that you've got the fizz. And how does one do the fizz? That's just that's
5: egg yolk, or excuse me, egg white? Egg whites. Uh, traditionally, in this case, there's a bit of Cream to kind of fortify that frothiness a little bit, um, but you basically just dry shake, meaning without ice, to help emulsify, and then shake once again to to chill it with ice.
1: Well, I'm going to share this with Chef John Serridge. Yeah. Oh, it's a very pretty presentation. We can find these at Cannon Seattle. Yes, that's correct. Oh, excellent. And uh, that is, I would never would have ordered that. Maybe oh. I would have once in my life, but I would order that twice because that is delicious. That's
2: a- A brunch drink
1: it's refreshing yeah perfect for summertime it's flavorful well um jeffrey tell me how many products does lucas bowls have well we
4: have over 33 different liqueurs Uh, we also make our for the united states market we make our geneva our barrel-aged geneva we also produce a gin which is a 200 year old uh, holland style gin called Damrak. Um, if you remember my story from earlier, that's the port the that all those spices came yeah. through. So this, once again, is uh, separate distillations that are blended, very citrus-forward. As with a London gin, you'll get a big juniper punch. With a Damrak gin, it's, it's more of an orange and lime in the front, and then juniper is about middle of the palate. Um, we also have uh, control of all the Galliano portfolio as well. So we import Galliano, and we import um, our coffee liqueur called Ristretto. Um, Mm. there's no artificial colors or flavors in the ristretto. That all comes from the extraction of the bean. And we also have a few new innovation items, what we like to call innovation items. And one of that is foam. The foam. Foam is a, um, is a unique property. Uh, chefs have been foaming for years. Uh, craft bartenders have been. Dogs have been
1: foaming for years.
4: Dogs are foaming (laughs) at the mouth. So yeah, so it's, it's a really unique property. It gives you opportunity. You mentioned brunch, um, We'll throw a little bit of yogurt liqueur into a mimosa, top it with a little cassis foam, it's very pretty and very delicious.
1: Well, these are pretty and delicious, and congratulations! I think gin is coming back. I really do. I was skeptical at first, but uh, for those of you who love bourbon and cognacs and browns, I think the new white botanicals will really um, tickle your fancy and invigorate your palate. And uh, uh, what a treat for me! Great stuff, uh, Dustin Harstead of Cannon Seattle. Thank you for joining me and Wild, Oh, no, Blind Tiger, Blind like,
5: Tiger Cocktail Company.
1: All right, check it out online. And Jeffrey Schaff, great portfolio. So happy that you've enlightened me. Once again, I've been I've seen the light on Happy Hour Radio. For those of you who want to check something out, there is a dinner at uh uh Old Sage. The old Sage. It's coming up. Um check it out at uh, Old Sage on Capitol Hills put on by uh the uh Bowles, Lucas Bowles Company. They got a nice dinner here. It's Thursday, July twenty fourth. Uh sounds fun. It's only forty five bucks plus tax and tip. Should be a good time. Uh Jeffrey Chef, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Chef John Serrich, uh, so fun to get back in studio with you and chat up. I know we have a mutual friend, uh, John Klein, is uh, my good right. buddy from uh, KTZZ Days, and he does all my video stuff for the Wine Awards, and right. I know that he did the best of taste.
2: He, he certainly did. We traveled all over the world together.
1: Yeah, very cool. We can find all those on the new DVD download on Netflix.
2: Yeah, sure, right. It's out there. <laughs> and we make a penny a piece. You
1: know? <laughs> uh, love it. So fun. Thanks for joining me once again. Hey, coming up next week on the show, I've got Doug McRae of Salida Wines and Miss Sandra Lee, the Executive Director of the Woodenville Wine Country and Francesco Mazzi and Michael Rosa from Francesco Mazzi Italian Wines. This is on Happy Hour Radio 11 a.m. next week on Saturday. Hey, remember folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!